This is also my first time, but this has been a community of family, even just tonight, just seeing so many friends, just from meeting people all across the city who just love Jesus. Other young people are on fire. And guys, like, this is a family. And Jared, as he's taken over and leading, Jared has been such a close friend and encouragement, a dude to run after Jesus with. And so you guys are in, are in good hands. And I'm excited and honored to be here tonight. But guys, we're in a series. This is the second week in a series, and we're talking about Holy Spirit. And I'm excited because I don't know about you guys, but God has changed my life. And I'm different. I have been completely renewed. I have been found. My soul has been made whole. There is a new reality to my life, and it's because the reality of God met me. And tonight, I just was like, before even getting too deep in, I just like couldn't help but just be blown away. I was praying for you guys this morning. I was just blown away by the reality of our God. There is no other God like our God. Like, there's nothing else even like it. The fact that we have a God that desires to be near to us in such a way. I believe you guys talked last week about how Holy Spirit, who is God, Holy Spirit is God, desires to be around us, desires to be within us, comes upon us, and no other God does that. No other God is like our God that loves us in such a way that he actually desires to be so near that he would come upon us in this way and just blown away. And, and I think tonight, the, whole, the reason we pursue the spirit is because we have been called to live a life where God is our reward. The reason we pursue the Holy Spirit, the reason we're doing, you know, the reason the leadership felt we need to go after Holy Spirit is because we need to realize that God has to be our reward. I was reading just a few days ago in, in Genesis 15, and God says to Abram, he says, I am your shield and your great reward. Think about that. The God of this universe is speaking to Abram, just like he's speaking to us today and saying, I am your shield and your reward. A few months ago, um, I have some friends from Egypt, and um, actually one friend, he's Egyptian, his wife is South African, but they've done missions all around the world, and he, he was telling me a little bit about about Egypt and about the history and about, you know, how Egypt has historically been a pagan nation where they've served all sorts of different gods, all sorts of different things. And he brought something up to me that has changed my life. And it, it gave so much language to my testimony, gave so much language to what God has done in my life. And what he said is this, he said, Jonah, do you know, he's like, you've heard, you've read Moses when he's delivering Israel out of Egypt, story of Moses, God asks Moses, would you go and set my people free? Would you be a part of my, my deliverance for my people? So Moses says yes, but God uses these 10 plagues, crazy things like frogs flying all over the place, bugs flying all over the place, rivers of water turning into blood, like crazy stuff, plaguing the, the nation of Egypt and Pharaoh who was leading Egypt, which ultimately helped lead to the deliverance of the Israelites out of slavery back into the promised land. But my, my buddy from Egypt was telling me, he was like, Jonah, do you know what each one of those plagues were? And I was like, uh, I mean, do you want me to list them? I was like, maybe, like, I don't know how strong my like, Bible, I was like, maybe, no, no. He's like, no, 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 no. Did you know, Jonah, that each one of those plagues was an Egyptian God that they served? And I was like, 
what? And he told me this. He said, Jonah, if you have any God that someone would put in their life before the one true living God is ultimately going to plague them. And it changed my life. It changed my life to think that I lived a life where so many years, yes, I, I did know Jesus. I grew up as a pastor's kid. I know there's some pastor's kids, at least one pastor's kid in here. I grew up as a pastor's kid. And, and so I like got this. I, I knew Jesus from a young age, but I lived with so many other rewards in my life that I had gods in front of me. And they ultimately, what did they do? They plagued me. They plagued me. I, I had an understanding and knowledge of God, but I didn't have God as my reward. So we're going after Holy Spirit. We're talking about the Spirit of God because God is our reward. And I want God tonight. And I want you to have God tonight. And he is available to you. So think about this. Just even in your own life. I guess, let me, let me go to my story a little bit first. Um, so growing up, like I said, I, I was a PK um, and like I said, I, I knew a lot about God, but I lived a life where I, I knew enough about God to where the things of the world did not satisfy me. Things like girls and partying and all that, so it like didn't do much for me. There's really nothing like, but I lived enough with that in my life that God didn't satisfy me. And I lived, I lived stuck. I lived plagued. I, I lived with anxious thoughts. I lived kind of lonely. I lived very insecure. I, I was stuck. I wasn't satisfied by God, and I wasn't satisfied by the world. And I wish m many of you guys have maybe had a, a one, like one night moment, and I'm believing in faith that tonight even could be that moment for you if you haven't yet had that moment. For me, it was more of like a two-step forwards, one-step back kind of journey with the Lord. But there were several moments where I started to finally like learn and get hungry and understand like, yes, I actually do want God. I want God with my whole heart. I actually do understand that what he has for me is better than what the world has for me. I get it. And I started taking those steps. But there was one specific night when I was a freshman in college. And so I was pursuing pastoral ministry. I had this crazy encounter. I felt like God was calling me to, to serve him with my life vocationally. And I honestly, in a lot of ways, I said yes to the calling on my my life but before I said yes to God being the Lord of my life, which is just crazy to think about. But that, that was me. So I'm, I'm freshman in college, um, 18 years old, and I was ending up, uh, I lived in a dorm room, and there was a Bible study on my floor. And I was like, cool, like I'm trying to do the good Christian thing, like I'll show up to the Bible study. So I, I just walk right down the hall, it's on my floor, I, I go in the room, and no one else is in there except the one dude who's leading it. And this dude was just a quirky dude. I didn't know him super well, he lived on my floor, super skinny, long hair, he like climbed rocks all the time, and I was like, cool, I was like, okay. So I like sit down with this dude, and I'm like, I'm like, hey, man, like, so good. Like, hey, dude, don't worry about it. Like, I'll try to check back in next week. I, like, literally was, like, leaving. He was like, no, 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 come here. I was like, well, we're not going to have it. It's just me and you. Like, we don't have to do Dude, don't worry about it. Like, you can study. Do whatever you need. We don't need to do the Bible study tonight. He said, no, 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 sit, sit down, sit down. I was like, okay, okay. So I'm sitting down with him, and he sits, like, right next to me, like, too close to me, probably. And I was like, dude, what is going on? Like, dude, we don't, I'm like, it's okay, man. Like, it's good to meet, like, it's good to get to know you. Like, how's your day going? Like, trying to create small. He said, no, 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 no. He's like, you love God, don't you? I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. I, I, I'm studying ministry. I'm trying to look good and be a good Christian. I'm like, yes, I do. He's like, okay, listen. He's like, but, but have you gotten to know Holy Spirit? 
Has your spirit, the very inmost of who you are, been intertwined and filled with the spirit of God? And I was like, uh, I don't know. Maybe. And he was like, he said, okay, let me, let me ask you this. Like, have, you, you want to do the right thing? I was like, yeah, yeah, of course. He's like, are, do you struggle with sin? I was like, yeah, I do. He's like, well, are, are you addicted to certain things? I'm like, yeah, like, but I'm, I'm working on it. I'm trying to get through it. And he's like, do you feel like you're moving forward knowing Jesus but lacking power to defeat sin? I was like, I don't know. I guess I kind of figured I always had to just be a sinner. Like I always, he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, listen, the presence of God, the fullness of God, Jesus sent his advocate to fill you so that you may know God but also you may have the power over sin so that you also may have the power to be a witness and to live into the fullness of the fruit of knowing God. And I sat there on that floor with a dude who was way too close to me and I was blown away. I was like, I don't know if I'd ever heard that in my life. I, I thought knowing God was about being good, um, believing in a story that Jesus died on the cross and rose again, which is the most amazing story, but all you have to do is check that box, try to be good and, and and that's it. Like, I thought that's how you lived a life with Jesus. But I didn't understand that God loved me, you guys, and all of us so much to the point that he desires to be closer than the very breath we breathe. And it blew me away. And that night, I sat on the floor with him, and I said, yeah, I want God to fill me. I want God to, to be um, so close to me. I want to give everything to him. And in that moment, there was a powerful exchange that happened in my life. And I, and I actually really believe it's an exchange that God wants to do in, in our lives tonight. It was an exchange where I actually made God my reward that night. I sat on that floor and I said, God, you're my reward. You are what I want. You are what I pursue. It's not about how I could look. It's not about how I could impress someone. It's not about, it's you. You in and of itself is the prize. It's not even heaven. I don't want heaven if you're not there. I, you could give me a perfect life, no more tears, no more everything. But God, if you're not there, it's not heaven to me. I want you to be my reward. And that night, the Lord opened my heart in a way that it had never been before and filled me with the power that has helped me overcome sin, addiction, broke it off of my life, has filled me with a power to be a witness. And guys, I, I feel like he wants to do the same thing tonight. Um, and so this might be a little unorthodox, but I was just praying for you guys and just felt like this is, this is what the Lord wanted to do, and I just want to be obedient. And so if you guys just like stay with me for a second, if you guys just stand with me actually all right now, And I, I just want to share this, guys, that, that Jesus really loves you. And he gave his life up for you in, in such a way, not to condemn you, not to make you feel bad, not to keep you stuck in a bunch of rules in religion, to keep you bound in a cycle that you were never able to accomplish, never able to achieve. He's not sitting in heaven hoping you do enough good work so that you could get to him one day. He is close and he's here tonight and he loves you so much and he wants a personal relationship with you. And I just feel like tonight there's, there may be some of you and you're, you're like me and you've, you've known Jesus for a long time, but you've never actually made him your reward. You're like, I, I've known he died on a cross, and I believe, and I love what he's done for me. 
But, but in your heart of hearts, you're like, I haven't made him my full reward. Guys, tonight the Lord is, is welcoming you into that, and he's going to give you the power to overcome the darkest parts of your heart that you thought you were going to be never, you were always going to be bound to. That's not true. Jesus has overcome, and you get to be a part of that overcoming when you receive him. And then maybe there's a whole nother group of you tonight that has never made this decision. You're sitting here tonight, and you were like, I didn't even know God could be my reward. I didn't even know this was possible. I didn't even know that Jesus loved me so much that he came down, leaving heaven, considering me, his prize, his goal, so valuable that he left angels surrounding his throne, left it all, came down so that I may know him and love him and be in a relationship with the one who created me. Maybe you've never heard that and you want to receive that tonight. I just want to give us an opportunity to be honest and be vulnerable. And this isn't to like embarrass you. This does nothing for me. I, I'm not like here to see how many decisions get. That's, that's, that's not what this is about. This is for you. And God is here and he's looking at you and he's saying, would you receive me as your reward? Would you receive me as your savior? Would you make me the Lord of your life? And, and so the first call, I, I just want to welcome you and just bold. There's no shame. Like I'm unashamed of the gospel. It is the power that has set me free. The first call, maybe tonight you've never made the decision to follow Jesus. Never. And you're, tonight, you feel like God's just pulling on your heart. Um, and you want to make that decision tonight to say, I, I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. For the first time, would you just raise your hand? Just be so bold. Just go for it. This is a first-time decision. Come on. We're going to keep going. The second decision is maybe you've known God. And maybe there's been a point where you've, where you've prayed a prayer and you've received him. But tonight, like me, you're like, I, I won't sit that close to you, I promise. But you're like, I want to make a decision to, to make Jesus the reward of my life, the reward, the one that I'm living after. And maybe you've known him in your head, you've believed in him, but you're ready to actually truly make him the reward of your life, counting all else as loss. Would you just raise your hand if tonight you're like, I want to make Jesus my reward? Come on. Yes. Yes, okay. I just want to pray for you guys. I really do. If you're around them, keep, keep your hands up. If you're around them, just go lay a hand on them. Just like bless them. Go find someone. Put a hand on them. Yes. And, and you guys, just pray. Even right where you're at, just pray out loud. We can all pray at the same time. That's totally okay. God hears our prayers. And then I'll close this in prayer. But just, just pray. Just pray for the person you're laying hands on. Yes, Lord, we just thank you for every hand lifted, God. We thank you, Jesus. We even ask right now, Lord, it was by your grace that you cleansed us in a way, made us whole in a way to receive your Holy Spirit. So we just ask, Holy Spirit, come right now in Jesus' name. Come and fill every heart that's ready to receive you. Come and fill in a new measure, God. Come and fill in a way that overcomes, defeats sin, defeats shame, defeats death that so easily entangles us and sets us free and displays and conforms us into the image of Jesus. God, we love you. We thank you that it's simple moments of just saying yes to you, simple moments of just saying yes to you, God, that leads to a life that is forever transformed. And I thank you that tonight for every simple yes that was said and for the transformation, God. And Jesus, we even just, I just speak out that 
the hands raised, the however many hands raised tonight are gonna be multiplied tenfold as they come and taste of your goodness and can't help but tell their families and their friends and their neighbors about how good you are, God, and that they themselves are gonna be people who sit on the floor with people and watch others make you, God, their reward. So we just prophesy that in Jesus' name. We thank you, we love you, and we lift each person up to you in Jesus' name, amen. Come on. We just celebrate? Guys, such a big deal. This is such a big deal. And, and I want to charge you guys really quick. I'm both, you guys can sit down. So sorry. Is <laughs> it like, should I stand? Should I sit? I, I just want to charge you guys. The decisions that made were significant. Every person that raised your hand, there's going to be a lie that comes against you that, oh, you've made that decision before and it didn't work out for you. Or, oh, you're going to slip back into sin. That is not the narrative that God has for you. He loves you and he has placed his spirit inside of you to overcome the things of this world and, and to live a life on fire in love with the God of this universe. And then another challenge is every person who just came and laid their hands, you guys have, a, you guys have an obligation to each other. The God created family. It was like the relationship before anyone was created, before the world was spoken to, into existence. What was there? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Our God is a relational God, and we have been created to be in relationship. That is in the very nature. We've been created in his image. And so do life with each other. There's no too far that you can go in friendship in the presence of God together. Some of my deepest relationships are just from me and Buddy saying, I want to go after God with you. And getting on my knees in my bedroom on car drives and when, when we're going to Taco Bell at 2 a.m. and giving Jesus our, our yes daily. And so like, look around you and realize this is a family. This is a community. Commit. Commit and go all in because it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it. Okay. I've managed to spend over half of my time and I haven't even gotten to the full message yet. But I think that's okay because, amen. <laughs> you guys are like, praise the Lord. We haven't gotten to the message. Yet. No, um, <laughs> you guys are awesome. And, and I just like really felt like that was what the Lord wanted to do. And I, and I really feel this next part is going to land on hearts that are really ready. I feel like that was a significant moment that needed to happen for, yes, people who raise their hand, but for all of us to recognize who God is, that he is our reward, to move forward into this next part. So I'm going to read Romans 8. I'm going to read a longer section to you guys. If you have your Bible, just go there. Go there. I'm going to read a long, longer section because I think this is applicable in a few ways considering what even just happened here. But let me read this out. Catch along with me. We're starting in verse 1. I'm just going for it. Therefore, there is now, this moment, now, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. Guys, we are free. If we believe in Jesus, we are free from that. For what the law could not do, weak as it was, though the flesh, God did, sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk in accordance to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who are according to the flesh, their minds are set on things of the flesh, but those who are according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For the mind on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the spirit is life. 
Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile towards God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, for it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. However, you who are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, but if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brethren, we are under obligation not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For you are living according to the flesh. You must die. But if the spirit you are putting to death, the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are being led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but if you, you have received a spirit of adoption as sons which cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies our new spirit that we are children of God. And if children, also heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if we indeed suffer with him so that we also may be glorified with him. Amen. Amen. I think I just said the word flesh and spirit maybe more times than I've ever said in my life. <laughs> you, might, you might be reading this or hearing this. It might be like, man, that was kind of a lot. There was a lot about law, a lot about uh, what this is saying is that there is a reality of what we've talked about, that the spirit of God is for us and the spirit of God loves us. And, and the Holy Spirit um, transforms us into seeing good fruit, that we were once stuck in the flesh, stuck trying to change behavior on our own, stop, stuck you know, in what we have that, that is so easily, that is so easily fragile and broken and, and makes mistakes. We were stuck in that, but Jesus paid a price and he's invited us into that actually. And he's saying, you can, you can put aside your flesh. You can put to death your flesh and live into the new spirit that I have given you. The spirit that produces love and joy and peace. And for so long, I lived in this, as, as I was saying earlier, and I think there's an opportunity for us to continue to live into the things of God, continuing to step away from the things of the flesh. And so Holy Spirit, we, we love Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is God. He is for us. He loves us. He is with us and within us. But I want to hit on just a few things that I think is so helpful to know. And so we're going to keep in Romans 8, but we're going to skip down to Romans 8, um, verse 28 through 30. And I think we have it maybe on the screen somewhere. It's okay. If not, we'll whip open our word um, or our Bible apps or whatever we got in front of us. So starting Romans 8, verse 28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Amen. That is awesome. Thank you, God. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Pretty cool. More big words. 
But let me, let me break that last part down. I'm going to start in the last section. So this is like um, Romans 8, the last half of verse 29 and, and verse 30. And, and God tells us something here. It says that God has predestined us into sonship or daughtership with God to be conformed into his image, that, he, that we may be the firstborn among brothers and sisters, and he is predestined. Those whom he is called to be in the likeness of his son, he, he's also called. And those whom he called, he's also justified. When he's talking about justified, this means that we have been made righteous. We have been justified before, before God. God is holy and righteous and just. But those who have been called, and when we come into the likeness of him by following him, we, we're justified before God. And those who are justified also glorified. So this, this is crazy. I, I, uh, I never thought of it this way, but I was just, I was learning about this passage a little while ago. And I was just like, what does it mean to be glorified? Like, what does it mean? Does it mean like you get like, like you're standing, when I think of glorified, I think like a podium or something. You're like on the top, you're like, oh, you're getting, and I'm like, I don't think that is, that can't be what God is talking about. It doesn't seem in line with this character. But then I, I, I was thinking about it and I was like, well, what does it mean? What's another word? Like, um, maybe this isn't the best word to use, but terrified. What does terrified mean? It means to be like full, full of terror, like really scared. You're like full of the, of, the, of the root part of that word. You're full of terror if you're terrified. So what, what does it mean to be glorified? To be full of glory. That God has like actually made us to be able to receive the fullness of glory. That the fullness of God, Holy Spirit, who is 100% God, can dwell within us, that we have been called, justified, and glorified to be bearers of his glory. Crazy. And now, now, now skipping to the kind of the beginning parts of, the, of this passage. So this is Romans uh, 8, 28. And so what we see here is it's, his purpose is what? What is the Holy Spirit? What is us being glorified help us do? Helps us be conformed into the image of his son. Crazy. The guys, I, I'm so tired of, uh, I lived so long with like the bar as a Christian was like, don't watch porn. And it was like, I, I was like, okay. And, and then the bar was like, so, and I'm like, I got so frustrated and, and I came to realizing the bar is not, the bar is Jesus. It's crazy and it's impossible. It's like, wait, what do you mean? You're, you're saying the standard of a calling of, of being a follower of Jesus is actually Jesus himself? Like, what in the world? That doesn't even, that's not even possible. I've made too many mistakes. It's like, yes, you have, but God has filled you with him. He's justified you before God. You have been made righteous before him, and he's called you to walk, to be actually conformed, to enter into a process with God that molds you, shapes you, and forms you into the image of God. And so what, how, how does Holy Spirit in us help us, help shape us into the image of, of the Son, the image of Jesus, to walk in the standard that God has called us to? I love that God calls us to a standard that we can't achieve without him. Wow. Isn't that pretty crazy? Good. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if you've ever like, I remember when I was a little kid, I played basketball with my dad all the time. I love basketball. As you can see now, I'm not super tall probably don't look super athletic either, so I don't play basketball very much anymore, but I do enjoy it, but I played when I was a little kid all the time, but my dad would, all the time, I, I remember, like, some of my earliest memories trying to chuck a basketball, my dad would be like, shoot it, come on, buddy, shoot it, 
but I couldn't even, I couldn't get it up to the rim without him. So what would my dad do? He was a good father. He'd lift me up so I could get close enough. I could put a ball in the hoop. And I feel like the same thing God is offering to us. He's like, I'm calling you to do something that ultimately accomplishes what you were created to do. Me was not created to shoot a basketball. You created to live in the likeness of Jesus, all of us. And God is saying, I'm calling you to do something and I'm going to be there with you. I'm calling you to do something that you actually can't do without me. And I love you so much. I'm going to draw so near to you. And so what are ways, uh, really, what are ways we can receive this? Is there striving that we can receive more of the Spirit? Maybe we like, maybe it's like school. Did anyone get paid to get good grades in school? I didn't, but I had friends. Okay, a few of us. I had friends. I was always so jealous. It's like, you get an A and you get five bucks? I was like, that's so, I was like, mom, dad, I'm not getting any more A's until I get paid. And they just didn't, they weren't down for that and didn't work. And I really struggled in high school. But then junior and senior year, I had to get that up um, so I could go to school after high school. But, um, but like, what is it? What, what can we do to earn? And the truth is, guys, it's a free gift. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing I can do to earn more of the spirit of God. But the thing, there's things we can do to position ourselves in a position before God. So I want you guys to write this down. If you're taking notes, like th- this is things that, that's really important because these are things that can be lived out, not just on a Thursday night, not just on a Sunday morning, but these are things that God has called us to live out, to position ourselves in a position to, to, to receive God, more of God, to love him, to live into the fullness of him, and to walk out a relationship with him, being conformed into his image. And this is the thing that we can do to, to, to position ourselves for more of the spirit. We ready? We're going to yes. blitz through these. We good? Yes. Amen. Okay. Let's go. The first thing is just a willingness to draw near to God. A willingness to draw near. That is the first thing we can do to position ourselves to receive more of Holy Spirit, the one who lives inside of us, dwells with us, and conforms us into the image. Um, my wife is not here. She would probably be embarrassed if, I were, if she was here, so hopefully she doesn't watch this later. But um, I, when I first met my wife, did things very intentionally. We were not married when I very first met her. We were just friends when I very first met her. But I did things intentionally so that I could be around her. Has anyone else ever done this? Like, maybe, I'm, I know I'm not the only one. There you go. You do things intentionally. Like, uh, like you know, we, we worked two different jobs, but I knew what time she worked. And we were, like, in these, like, dorm building type things. And so I conveniently would be outside at the time I knew she had to work. So when she walked by, I'd be like, oh my gosh, Haley, what is up? It's so good to see you. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm heading that way too. Yeah, sure, let's, we can walk. I positioned myself, I know, come on. And it worked, it worked. That's the best part about it, it worked. So maybe I'm helping someone out in more than just one way tonight. Praise the Lord. But um, take notes, yes. I'm nervous, actually, that it's happening. Um, no, but, but I, I was able, what, what did I do? I positioned myself in a position to be close to what I wanted. And I wanted Haley. <laughs> I really liked Haley. I liked being her friend. I liked being around her. And guys, the same thing is true with Jesus. What's a way that we can receive more of sp- the spirit of God in our lives? Position yourself in closeness. James 4, 8, one of my favorite verses, it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. 
That's awesome. You don't even have to wonder if, if God's going to draw near to you. Me, I had to wonder if Haley was going to draw near to me. I didn't, you don't have to wonder with God. He loves you already, and you draw near to him. Position yourself in a place to be near to him. He will draw near to you. And we can do that by fixing our mind on God, by eating up the word of God. We love the word of God. We have to be a body of believers that loves the word of God. And to take action steps towards him alone when no one's watching with a closed door to get and position ourselves before God. So cool. When uh, the next one, write this down, poverty, poverty. And I'm not talking about um, actual dinero, money. I'm talking about I'm talking about a poverty of heart, which is so cool. It's very, you literally read this verse today. I think it's the only second verse I have up there, but it's Psalm 51, 17, which is crazy. And we didn't talk about this even. It's just the Lord moving. Um, but this is what it says. It says, um, I'll read it up here because I think I have a different version. For you do not delight in sacrifice. Otherwise, I would give it. You are not pleased with burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. So cool. What does that mean? I could, we could do a whole message just on this. And, I, and I've heard messages and have been changed by this idea. But there's a reality that we can live into a life that's desperate, that's impoverished, that is hungry, that is needy for something. And the one thing that will fill every need that we have been created for is the presence of God, is the spirit of God. And we have been given everything we need to be hungry, to be in poverty, to be literally impoverished if we don't have the spirit of God and to live in such a way. It's like, um, for me, I, I, uh, I really like sweets. I have a bad sweet tooth. And for me, it's like, once I eat one thing, I'm like, ah, I could have two or three or seven. And I, and I just keep going. And, and we have to live. We have to almost like train our minds, our souls, our bodies to be so hungry before God, to have like, you know, where, where Thursday night's not enough. Where we're like, I'm just... Oh, I just want more of you, God. And, and you can live. I had a buddy who literally for years and still to this day, almost every time we hang out, he's like, bro, can you pray for me for more of God? He's just hungry. He's impoverished without the presence of God. And that's, that's something that we get to build with God. It's something you get to walk into. And so to be hungry, to be honest before God, that's what it can look like to have a broken uh, and contrite heart, to be honest. Say, God, today was hard day. Today I made mistakes. God, today I'm really sorry, but God, I want more of you. And um, to recognize that we are unsatisfied by anything other than God and to take action steps of living that. And this is the last one. I know I'm going a few minutes behind here. Sorry about that. Um, but this is the last thing is surrender. So we got the first thing. I even need to remind myself. That's why you write things down. The willingness to draw near or position yourself in closeness. Number two is poverty. And number three is surrender. Surrender. Matthew 16, 24. This is a life verse for me. Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to come after me, again, what have we been created to do? What does the Spirit do in our lives? Helps us be conformed, helps us go after, follow in the footsteps of Jesus. So he says, Jesus says, if anyone wishes to come after me, which we all should if we're following Jesus, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. What does that mean? It, it means simply, as we were reading earlier in Romans 8, is that you, you haven't been called to live a life that's in the spirit following God and also in the flesh. 
You haven't been called to both. You've been called to put aside the things of this world for the things of this world are fading away. And that doesn't mean your actual flesh in this moment. That doesn't mean you have to like harm yourself in any way to put aside your flesh. What it means is to set aside the things that are not of God, to receive more of the things of God, to pursue him and to follow him in a daily relationship. And I get so challenged because it's because another, another time that this is mentioned in the Bible, it says, take up your cross daily. And that's like, that's so crazy. I don't know about you, but it, sometimes it's easy to like go, you know, a day go by and like I get home at night and I'm like, holy cow, I don't know if I've really taken up my cross the way I should have today. And coming before God and saying, God, I'm sorry, I take it off, up to you. Um, no wonder I was feeling a little bit anxious today. No wonder I was feeling a little bit off. No wonder I was trying to prove myself in a conversation. My, my flesh was still living today, and I needed to set that aside. God, I'm sorry. I repent, and I surrender again. It's a daily surrender. The, the hand, hands raised tonight, praise the Lord. But, but a prayer is that you would raise your hand every day for the rest of your life, saying, God, you are my reward. God, I've put you at the first place in my heart yesterday, but I'm doing it again today. And, and I promise you, living that life, the spirit of God is drawn to a life of surrender, is drawn to a life that walks in obedience, and the spirit empowers, empowers and fills a heart that is surrendered. And so here's the good news. You were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, but God has made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, he for, which stood against us and condemned us, but he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. So this is the last thing I want to do. Um, we're getting a little bit of a leg workout. Sorry, I want you guys to stand again. Yeah, but it's important. Sometimes I'll also say this. This is not a part, but sometimes a physical posture it is important when it reflects a heart posture. It's really important. So you ever seen for, for a long time, I started, I saw people on their knees before God in worship and I thought they were so weird. I was like, that is so strange that someone would get on their knees in front of everyone else. Um, but then I, I, I realized that I started following God that, that it's important sometimes to take a physical posture that represents a heart posture before the Lord. And so that's why we're standing. But I, I just wanna pray um, for you guys, pray for each other, pray for all of us. And I want you guys to pray for each other too. And, and these are the three things um, I, I feel like God, when, when, when delivering um, the idea of, of a relationship with Holy Spirit and being conformed to his image, these are the three things I felt like God was highlighting, is a greater hunger for more of God. I just want to pray for a greater hunger, that we would be hungry for him, that we would not be content with once a week faith, that we wouldn't be content with opening the Bible when, when we just feel like it, that we would push past, and we would fight for intimacy, a greater hunger for God, that God would highlight to us areas of surrender. That's a hard one, but I think it's a really important one. If we truly wanna follow in God's likeness, we need the spirit of God. And in needing the spirit of God, we need to surrender to make room for God to fill our lives. And three, um, I want to ask for the Holy Spirit um, to, to be our reward, for God to be our reward day in and day out. And so if you just want to like take the hand of the person next to you, put hands, you can do really whatever. I, I'm just going to pray out loud. Um, but, but more than me praying, we're, we're all coming into agreement with this. You know, it's not just me praying over you guys. We're all participating in this, coming into agreement over these three things. 
So Jesus, we just thank you, God. We ask, Lord, that in every single one of us, myself included, God, you would develop a hunger, Jesus, for more of you. God, we ask that you would, in every way, Lord, make us so hungry, God, for your presence, that in every way, Lord, we would be so unsatisfied, God, unsatisfied with thinking that we could do it in our own flesh, do it in our own way, that, that anything could satisfy us besides you, God. Give us a hunger for your spirit and a hunger for your presence that helps us and transforms us into the image of your son, the standard in which you've called us to. Lord, secondly, I just ask that right now you would just speak to us where we're at, God. There's no too far in surrender that we can go. There's no too far in surrender. God, we ask that you would speak to us right now of areas we need to surrender before you so that we make, may make room for your spirit. Speak to us right now. Thank you for speaking to us, God. And lastly, God, we just ask in humility, God, looking for no selfish gain, but out of love, we ask that you would fill us, God. Holy Spirit, fill us right now with your presence, God, from the top of our heads to the bottom of our feet. God, we want to be filled with you because we love you because we want more of you in our lives, because we understand you are the way, you are the truth, you are the life, and we've tasted things that are not of you, and they didn't work, they didn't satisfy, but they left us plagued. So we throw it aside and we say, Lord, fill us right now in Jesus' name. Jesus, thank you that you are the great baptizer. Come baptize us in fire and in spirit, Lord. We receive it from the top of our heads to the bottom of our feet. We love you, God. Transform us, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Love you guys.